The Lord be with you. And with your A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. The Spirit drove Jesus out into the desert, and he remained in the desert for 40 days, tempted by Satan. He was among wild beasts, and the angels ministered to him. After John had been arrested, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God. This is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. The gospel of the Lord. Jesus remained in the desert for 40 days, tempted by Satan. What are you tempted by? What is the most consistent temptation that you feel on a day-to-day basis? To be tempted is part of our wounded human nature. Maybe it's one of the more stereotypical temptations, if you want to call it that. Maybe it's a temptation to just hold on to anger, bitterness, resentment. Maybe it's a temptation to lust, to keep our eyes and our mind dwelling where we know we ought not to. Maybe it's a temptation to greed, to buy another thing, or to buy a newer thing, or to make another investment, to make another bet. Maybe it's the temptation to gluttony, to have one more serving than we need, one more drink than we need. Maybe it's a temptation to envy, to be sad by the blessings that other people have. Maybe it's a general temptation to sloth. I know what I really need to do, but I really just don't feel like it, so I'm just not going to, especially when it comes to my relationship with God. I talked this Wednesday about a temptation that I can feel to self-reliance, to think that it all depends on me and to be anxious and worried about figuring out how I'm going to do this, how I'm going to figure this out, how I'm going to do it by my own power. And of course, that can easily lead to discouragement when I realize I'm not in control. I can't fix everything. It is beyond my power. And if you let discouragement fester, then that can turn into depression. And if you let depression fester, it can turn into a hopelessness and to a despair. Maybe the temptation that we're feeling most consistently is to lose hope and to despair that life is going to get any better. We're just stuck here. Have you ever considered why Jesus would have gone into the desert in the first place? It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. He just got baptized. He just heard the voice of the Father saying, You are my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And immediately the Spirit drives him out into the desert. I think one of the most important reasons why Jesus goes out into the desert is the fact that he goes to do battle for us. Up until Jesus is coming, we are under the kingdom of Satan, the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of sin and death. And Jesus comes... And he manifests a little bit more of his identity. 
and immediately he goes out into the desert to battle against Satan. And he wins that battle. And then he wins the war when he takes sin and death onto himself on the cross and breaks its power when he dies and his divinity breaks the power of death from the inside and he rises from the dead. Satan has lost at that point. So the first reason is Jesus goes into the desert to battle for us, to restore the kingdom. That's why he says the kingdom of God is at hand. I'm here to fight for you. I'm here to win you back into the kingdom of light, the kingdom of God, my father. But the second reason to the point of our temptations, the second reason why Jesus is being tempted is so that we aren't alone in our temptations. Jesus is tempted so that we are not alone in our temptations. One of the temptations that we have as Christians is to believe when we come to church, when we come to prayer, when we go to confession, when we do the God stuff, we're kind of being filled up And then Jesus sends us out after that to just kind of fend for ourselves. And when we get beat up or run out of gas, then we come back to the filling station, get ourselves filled up, and then we can go back out again. There's a degree of truth to that. We do need to come back to the sacraments and to prayer to receive deeper rest for our souls. But underneath of that mentality is a lie. The lie that Jesus isn't with us as we go forth from here, as we go forth from our time of prayer. Jesus is with us the whole time. This is the lie that we can easily and that I can so easily fall into, living as though Jesus is out there somewhere, up there somewhere. And maybe some of us, maybe sometimes I cry out to God, Jesus, come and help me as though, again, he's not with me already. Jesus wants us to know as he takes these temptations upon himself in the desert, I'm already with you. I'm already here. Forgive my very perhaps childlike or childish suggestion, but this is something I think would help us to call to mind that Jesus is with us, not just around us, but also within us. He's always right there, but we're not always right there with him. I was scrolling through YouTube, which is always a dangerous thing, because as we know, YouTube wants what I want, knows what I want before I know what I want, right? And it was just a video popped up and it said, the secret of Mother Teresa, the simple thing that you can do to be like Mother Teresa. And I was like, Tell me more. Two minutes. I can invest that amount of time to know the secret of Mother Teresa. And it was so incredibly simple. It's to the point that I'm getting at. When Mother Teresa would wake up in the morning, she would say out loud, Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Jesus. Not, Good morning, Jesus, somewhere. I hope you're up there somewhere. Good morning, Jesus. You are here. You are in me. Similarly, a A priest friend of mine, when we were in seminary, he came up with this question that has helped me so much, especially in those times of darkness when I'm feeling those lies, because we know it's not just temptation, right? There's also the lie that accompanies the temptation. You're all alone. Nobody cares about you. This is never going to get any better. 
The question is this, Jesus, what do you think about that? You're worthless. That's the voice of accusation. Jesus, what do you think about that? It's amazing how that question in turning a monologue into a dialogue with Jesus cuts through the darkness and light starts coming in. Inserting just the name of Jesus at any point, moving from a place of I'm tired, I'm discouraged, I'm anxious monologue into Jesus, I'm tired, I'm anxious, I'm worried. Suddenly we're in relationship with God who is always with us. And that changes everything. That changes everything. We don't always feel like Jesus is with us, but we walk by faith and not by feeling. We walk by faith and not by feeling. We trust that Jesus is with us and within us, and we can talk to him all the time. And this is the other crazy part. We can also hear him at any time and all the time if we start to pay attention. Jesus, you are here. Thank you for becoming man to destroy the works of Satan, to reclaim us from the kingdom of darkness and bring us back into your kingdom of light. I ask you, Jesus, to dispel the darkness of our minds and our hearts right now. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke that orphan spirit and the spirit of abandonment by which we think we're all alone and we have to do it ourselves. And I pour into us now a spirit of love and abiding I pour in now a spirit of love and abiding. Jesus, your love is within us. Jesus, help us to stay there with you, to be in dialogue constantly with you, to be aware of your presence, to call upon your name, knowing you are already here, even and especially when we don't feel your presence. Jesus, thank you for taking our temptations upon yourself Thank you for overcoming them. Jesus, help us to overcome our temptations with the truth that you are with us to deliver us. Amen.